Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell, and I am joined uh, by Pat Rooney, who is in a hotel somewhere in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. How are you, Pat? Assessing the earthquake damage. Um, but yeah, all is good in San Fran. Uh, great couple days at the Pac-12 basketball media days, and hoping the slushy snow in the morning doesn't get me home late. Yeah, and uh, you know, and luckily you did not get any earthquake damage. So that's good. So you're now, uh, you are okay. I didn't even feel this alleged earthquake. I'm a little bummed, as I was telling you before. Uh, not that I needed to uh, avoid falling debris, but uh, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I've never experienced anything like that, and uh, apparently I did, but didn't feel it. So don't know yeah. if it counts. Probably not. Um, you know, it's kind of like you know counting if you go to a if you go to a new state but you you don't leave the airport right exactly that I don't count? Count the, yeah so this is probably the same thing but let's uh you know we're, we're obviously going to preview uh cu's football game this week against arizona state uh but before we do that um i want to uh talk about uh some basketball media day real quick since you're out there um you know you were out there for the two days uh women's basketball media day on tuesday men's on wednesday and uh you know what were your what were your impressions of you know being around there for women's media day and men's media day the last couple of days women's media day obviously buffs picked eighth in that poll and you know talk to jr Payne. it's kind of one of those classic it, it, it's one thing to to kind of get over the hump as they did last year and it's another thing to to kind of maintain that or repeat it and that's kind of the challenge facing that team right now. Um, losing a few players, especially uh, the senior leaders that they lost. Uh, you know, my, Maya Hollingshead, first amongst those. Uh, bit, some big losses for the Buffs. But, uh, you know, a little like the men's team that had some losses, they, they seem to have some, some pieces in place uh, to, to weather that a little better than they might have a few years ago. So I don't know if a repeat NCAA tournament uh, appearance is, is in the cards for that team. Uh, but I got a feeling they're going to be better than eighth in the pack 12. And that's definitely how I feel about the men's team. Um, they came in sixth in the preseason poll. I think this is going to be better than a, a, a sixth place team. I, I've said it in my chats. I've talked to you about it. I'll say it again. I, I think this team's going to sneak up and, and surprise some people. I think the new transfers are all going to be really key contributors to this team. And I'm, obviously there's that core group of of their, their kind of homegrown recruits, if you will. Uh, you know, the junior class led by Tristan De Silva, Nick Clifford, then Luke O'Brien, and then last year's freshman, K.J. Simpson, Julian Hammond. Uh, and then the guys that, that were injured, Lawson Lovering was, was injured for half the year. And then, the, you know, Javon Ruffin and, and, and Quincy Allen that didn't play at all last year. This is going to be a pretty deep team uh, and a pretty versatile team. Uh, there, there's going to be, you know, uh, playing 10 guys is tough in college basketball on, on a regular basis. But this team, I think, is going to have the ability to do that. And I think that's going to be a strength of the team. I don't think they'll do that every night. But if injuries crop up, this team is equipped to handle it. Uh, if there's a particular matchup problem or uh, you want to play a certain style, maybe go small against a certain team, this team will be equipped to handle that. Uh, so I think it's going to be a fun and interesting 
basketball season uh, for both the men and the women. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I think you know that's the thing with these polls is that, you know I think both teams could could easily land where they're picked. I think they could uh, easily land a spot or two below that, and I think they could easily land a spot or two above that. Um, I, I just think that's kind of the nature of this conference right now is you know like on the women's side you've got you know a Stanford that is clearly uh, the number one team in this conference, and then Arizona. Uh, loaded up uh, in the offseason with some transfers. Uh, UCLA's got an amazing recruiting class. Uh, they're going to be up there. And same with the men, right? I mean, you got you know UCLA uh, you know views itself as a national title contender. Arizona's up there. But then you have that group that uh, it's hard to kind of project where they're at. And like for me, when I did the women's poll, I mean, there was a big group of like four or five teams. You're like, eh, they, I, I mean, I could see them all landing in the same spot. It's just kind of who plays well on the nights they play each other, right? And uh, and I think that's kind of the key for uh, CU on both men's and women's is uh, they've got to win those swing games, right? They've got to beat those teams that are right there in the middle with them uh, in order to move up uh, to at least be where they're at, but but definitely to move up. They're going to have to beat the teams that um, are coming in projected as, you know, fifth, seventh, ninth, right? You know, they've got to beat those teams consistently, and uh, and they can't slip up and you know we always it always happens right but they can't slip up against you know the 12th place team or the 10th place team they've got to beat all those good teams so um, i think it's gonna be tricky for both those teams in that regard but i definitely like the potential i, I think the women's team um, can be very deep i think they got a lot of really good guards uh they got some uh some reinforcements in the paint this year aeronaut vonley uh from arizona and then charlotte whitaker's back from being out all of last year so um, I think both teams are very intriguing. It's kind of the same with the the men's team, maybe a little thin on the depth up front in the front court, but uh, a ton of guards and, and wings uh, to work with on that team. And, uh, you know, before we transition into football, I think one thing that was interesting about this year's Pac-12 media days uh, for both men and women, it was interesting. Uh, you know, this is the eighth year that I've come out to this, uh, you know, I guess technically seven, they, they didn't have one in, in 2020, at least not one in person. Uh, but in the years I, I, I've been coming to this, this is a kind of a reflection on where the, the transfer portal has gotten is that this year I, in, in both the men's and the women's, I got to ask an opposing coach about how a former CU player is fitting in with the new team uh, on the women's side. It's, it's you know, peanut, Tutelli getting going uh, with her extra year at Cal this year. And for the men, I got to ask Dana Altman a little bit about Keyshawn Barthelme, uh, who landed uh, with the Ducks for this year. And uh, my, my, my notes are posted from, from, from the men's media day. And, and, and Dana Altman said they've been dealing with some injuries at Oregon, but Keyshawn's the only guy that is, uh, has been a full participant at every practice so far. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, be fun to kind of follow how both those players do this year. But I found it pretty interesting that uh, after all these years, that this is the first time that, that that's kind of happened, where uh, we're we're asking about former Buffs players within the conference playing playing with new teams. Yeah, and and actually, you also talked to uh, the Arizona's women's coach Adia Barnes about you know one of her former players that's with the Buffs now. Right, so, right. Yeah, you know, and you know, another one of her former players was there at Media Day uh with uh I think it was Oregon State. Yeah. I think it was Oregon State. And so it was interesting looking at the picture of 
you know, the participants there and seeing how, oh yeah, she used to be at Arizona. She was at Arizona state. <laughs> it was, it was just kind of interesting seeing, seeing that, but that's, that's the new wave of, uh, of college sports. I mean, USC had a, uh, had someone at uh, women's media day that um, nearly picked CU. She's a Minnesota transfer, nearly went to CU, uh, end up going to USC and she's a media day. So um, it, it's, it's definitely a new world in college sports and, and you got to experience that firsthand, just kind of seeing that, that different dynamic there. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Um, looking forward to seeing both those players come back to, to Boulder this year. And, uh, you know, Keyshawn might be, you know, speaking for Keyshawn Bartholomew, he might be in an interesting, a good situation for him. You know, at, at, at last year he was asked to be, you know, kind of the, replacement for McKinley Wright that's not really his game um they tried to make it his game it didn't work he's not he's not a playmaker he he doesn't set up other guys he's not your traditional point guard but when he gets hot he can score uh Oregon has a point guard they've got Will Richardson uh Keyshawn can kind of be that guy off the bench uh you know your your streak shooter maybe your, your instant offense kind of guy uh, doesn't have to have the burden of running the show. And I think him, he might do well in that role. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, I, and the other thing I, I thought was interesting uh, real quick before, before we move to football is you're, you had a note. You say this is the first time since 2017 that uh, CU was represented, that CU didn't have either McKinley Wright or Evan Batty there. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Like in the, in the, <laughs> uh, in the turnaround of, uh, of college sports, uh, 2017 seems so long ago. I guess it was only five years, but I mean, that just seems like uh, like that's kind of crazy that one of those two guys has been there for you know almost the last five years. Yeah, in a couple of years it was both of them. Obviously, again the, the, the 2020 year they they did it virtually, but those were still the guys they they put on the call. You know, um, <laughs> if you look at my Twitter feed, there's still a classic photo on there, like kind of my banner photo of. Uh, Tad and, and McKinley and Evan. It was kind of funny at the time. They were taking a photo kind of on the roof of the Pac-12 building yeah. uh, where we all had lunch at these events. And I was kind of waiting for them. I wasn't trying to get in the picture, but you can kind of see me lurking in the background. <laughs> it's it's a great photo of them and kind of fitting of me in the background with my little notepad just kind of looking on. It's, uh, but, but, you know, that was... It, I was thinking about it. That photo is from, from 2018. Um, uh, you know, Evan Batty hadn't even played yet at that point. Um, and he, he was already obviously kind of one of the leaders of this program. And, uh, but yeah, uh, kind of, a, you know, changing a guard, seeing Neat Clifford and, and Tristan Da Silva out there uh, this, this week. And, uh, you know, I think both those guys are going to have, you know, very good seasons for the Buffs. Yeah, well, uh, new people there uh, for C, but one thing that hasn't changed is you still lurk. <laughs> yeah, I do lurk. <laughs> I, oh, as far as I know, there's no uh, photo evidence this year, but uh, I was lurking, man. I was lurking. No question. Well, let, let's move on to football. Um, you know, last week, obviously, we you know we were talking about a Buffs win. They finally uh, you know got off the Schneid and uh, uh, got that first win against Cal. And then last week they kind of reverted back to form and uh, you know get routed at, at a very loud Oregon State's uh, Research Stadium, uh, forty-two to nine. Um, I was surprised it was such a blowout, but I mean Oregon State's a, a much better team than 
than Cal. Um, Oregon State's one of the better teams I think that they face, especially in that building. Uh, but you know, the Buffs have got to you know, if they're going to get a second win, this is it this week. They got Arizona State here at home. Arizona State's two and five, one and three in the conference, like the Buffs are. Not a very good team. They also have an interim uh, head coach. And uh, if the Buffs are going to get that second win, it's this one or it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I completely agree 100%. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I you watch that Oregon State game. It, it's interesting. You know, when we first, you and I, again, going back eight years, I, you know, it was hard for me to kind of get used to writing about a game I, I watch on TV, but now I kind of enjoy it uh, to get a different perspective a little bit. Um, and the thing about that Oregon State game that was peculiar to me, and you've written a little bit about this uh, this week, is look the defense didn't play well. The, the, the run defense re- reverted to the form that we saw during the 0-5 start. But yet, yet sprinkled in there, there were still some big hits. There was still some tackles for losses that we didn't see in that 0-5 start. Um, you know, they hit the one big pass play Oregon State did, but they still, the Buffs managed to get some some pressure on the cornerback that was missing. So, obviously, I'm not sure. It was not a good defensive performance, but for a team where you're looking for any signs of life, I, I still feel like it was a, a more spirited game on defense again. I feel kind of uncomfortable saying that about a, a 42 to to nine game where they got gashed once again round. But uh there's some elements in play, I feel like, with the two with the, the new coaching staff uh at work now. And I think that will help them again this week when they're at home. I think we'll see a better result this week against Arizona State. Yeah, I agree with you. I, one comment that I thought was interesting, uh you know, uh, Mike Sanford was talking to us. I can't remember if it was Sunday night or Tuesday, but he was asked about the run defense, and he said that they they added some new things in there because of uh, you know the way um, Oregon State you know does its, its rushing offense, and uh, they added some new things in there, and that he had a hand in that um, as the head coach in that decision making. And then he said, and I kind of learned that I should just step back and uh, let uh, these defensive guys that have come up with this system do this. You know, I thought that was an interesting comment that he kind of was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have stuck my my nose in that one uh, as much. And um, I thought that was an interesting comment that, you know, let's let those guys do it. Um, but I also think there's some, you know, there's an element to, you know, Josh Chandler, Samita, the linebacker said uh, that he thought that, you know, Oregon State was more prepared for that defense than Cal, obviously, because Cal had never seen it. Oregon State had. And, you know, both he and Robert Barnes told me this week, they feel like uh, that was kind of, Obviously, they don't want to give up a game like that, but they feel like they learned a lot of what the holes are in their new scheme from this last week that they can now fix those that maybe the Cal game masked, um, but now they can fix those and be better. I think we're going to see maybe not as good of a defense as we saw against Cal, but not as bad as we saw against Oregon State. Yeah, I agree with that. And going back to that comment, I I agree that uh, it was interesting to hear that from Mike Sanford. I mean, especially someone who you know, he, he's not going to say publicly that he's auditioning for the job, but 
you're in that position, you probably feel like you're auditioning for the job, right? And to own up and say, hey, I'm going to let those guys do what they do and, and not meddle so much. I mean, I think uh, I respect – I don't know how, you know, that will translate on the field this week, but I kind of respect the, the transparency and the, uh, you know, maybe the self-awareness involved in, in a comment like that. Um, but I agree with you also that I think we'll see a better showing. Obviously, it's it's not as tough an opponent this week in Arizona State. You get them at at, at home, um, and I, I I just think uh, you know I don't know if you want to get into predictions yet, but I'm going to do something crazy, Brian Howell. I think the Buffs will win this week. Wow, have you done that yet this year? I did for T. I was thinking about that as well. I actually did for TCU. I thought they'd. Uh, Eke out a close one opening night at, uh, you know, at home. We didn't really know what TCU would be this year. Obviously, they were much better than advertised. Uh, so, you know, my apologies to the Buffs fans if if my endorsement of a Buffs win is kind of the kiss of death here. <laughs> uh, but I think we'll have a, a barn burner of a 21-17 to 17 game in favor of the Buffs. Wow. So you're even going season high in points. <laughs> Barely, but yes. <laughs> uh, I, I did have a, a, a stat that I tweeted out this week. Um, the Buffs have gone 10 consecutive games, scoring less than 21 points, which is the longest streak in the country, uh, You know, dating back to last season, obviously. Uh, they've hit 20 a few times in that, but never 21. The second longest streak belonging to Colorado State. So uh, yeah. I think the third longest streak is the Broncos, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> not quite. I'm just joking, obviously. Banner banner fall for football in in Colorado. Yeah, thank goodness for Air Force, right? But uh, you know, certainly not an offensive. Uh, this state is not offensively minded uh, for football uh, like we thought it might be this year. But um, uh, you know, I actually I'm with you. I'm picking a Buffs win as well because um, I think that uh, I think they play well at home, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arizona State I don't think is very good. I think they're better than the the Buffs at times, but you know, it's still not a very good football team. And I can't believe they're almost a two touchdown favorite on the road. You know, I mean, they're Oh, and three on the road this season. And, uh, you know, they did rise up and beat Washington a few weeks ago, but, uh, it's not a very good football team. Um, you know, they showed it last week against uh, Stanford. They went on the road and, uh, couldn't score in the second half managed 14 points. Um, Stanford's not a very good football team either. So, um, I like the buffs at home and night game. Uh, they, they seem to always, there's some kind of energy, uh, jolt, I guess that, uh, that this team gets playing night games in Folsom that I've felt over the years. I think that, I think they kind of feed off of that. Um, I still don't like what we see out of the offense here and, and yeah. it's hard to project, uh, very many points on this offense, uh, especially, you know, as we're doing this on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday evening, the Buffs don't know who's going to start at quarterback. Uh, maybe Sanford's made that decision now, but as of Tuesday, it was, you know, we were out there for practice a little bit, and Owen McCown's still limping around. I mean, he is not uh, fully healthy, um, and it's probably JT Shroud. Shroud has not looked good in his three starts. He's looked better uh, on, you know, in his relief appearances. Now, the one thing about that is he has never started a game at Folsom yet. All three of his starts have been on the road. And his relief appearances were at Folsom, so maybe it's a Folsom thing that uh, he he's good in Boulder and not on the road. So, um, but I I'm, I'm with you in that I, I tend to think the Buffs um, get enough to win this game, and uh, I'm going 24-21 Buffs. 
Yeah, so giving me grief about the offensive explosion of 21 <laughs> points and you're going with 24. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think this is going to be a, a highly prolific offensive showing for the, the Buffaloes this week. They might even top 300 yards. Wow, wow. Now we're getting crazy, Brian. <laughs> now we're going further into predictions with that. Um, but I, I do think, you know, like like I said when we started this off, is that um, – if they don't get this one, I don't see another win. And and uh, I, 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 whether they get this or not, actually, I don't see another win. I mean, we've talked all along since the start of the season that uh, that November is just a you know a murderer's row of <laughs> of games. I mean, you got you know Oregon, uh, USC, uh, Utah, who are all I think top fourteen teams right now, and then you got Washington, who's a six and two unranked team, and it's on the road. So uh, it's hard to imagine them winning any game in November. Uh, and this is the only other game. So uh, this is win number two, I think. And uh, yeah, if not, this is going to be a one eleven season. And it'll be the old wait till next year. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, you know, keep up that, that coaching search. Right. And we'll see how that one goes. And, uh, you know, both these teams, obviously, uh, you know, going through coaching searches right now. So it's gonna be interesting to see where both of these teams are, are next year, but at least for this one, um, you know, it's going to be two two not very good teams uh, duking it out at that at Folsom Field on Saturday night. Yeah, and as you uh, as you wrote about this week, battle of interim coaches, battle of unsettled quarterback situations, and uh, you know, at the very least, you know, for a couple teams going nowhere this season, it it should make for an interesting setting on Saturday evening. Yeah, and you know, Cal wasn't a great team either, and. It was one of the more entertaining games that uh, that we've covered in a while. You know, even though it was only twenty to thirteen, sometimes these games of teams that aren't very good uh, produce actually entertaining football games. So, so we'll see. But it says a lot about ASU that they've had the same the same starting quarterback all year, and they're so fed up that they've decided to do an open quarterback competition in week eight. So uh, that <laughs> it's amazing that a team like that is a two touchdown favorite on the road. Yeah, that seems like an obscene sort of uh odds for asu but if you're the betting type out there i would bet you know i I would take those uh i would take that spread for the buffs yeah i would too um and we'll see how it goes i mean we'll we'll obviously uh you know talk more about it next week and um talk more basketball as well because uh you know the women have an exhibition game next tuesday um the men have one coming up uh, soon too don't they Sunday afternoon, late afternoon yeah. against Nebraska. It's the charity exhibition uh, proceeds. They, they did it last year in, in, in Lincoln. Uh, it was a home-and-home home series for ex- charity exhibitions. It was agreed upon last year, and, and the Buffs went to Lincoln last year. Uh, obviously, Sunday uh, in Boulder at the CU Event Center, and all the proceeds will go to uh, some of the uh, Marshall Fire Relief Funds. Um, you know, I, I have some comments from Tad Boyle out here in San Francisco that I'll, I'll put out over the weekend about uh, their ability to to help in whatever way they can for for the community and obviously everything just just so horrible that happened last winter uh, w- with that fire and will be an opportunity not just to see the new look buffs in action. Uh, but a chance to help our neighbors a little bit as well. Yeah, well, that'll be an awesome uh, experience. And uh, 
and hey, it's only an exhibition, so it doesn't matter how they do. But obviously, you want to see the Buffs do well. They didn't do well against Nebraska in that exhibition last year, so hopefully, it's a it's a better showing in, on the home court this it year. Depends, yeah, it depends on how you look at the exhibitions. You know, the Buffs. Yeah, they didn't play well in Lincoln last year, but they wound up having a better season in Nebraska. So no right. matter what happens on Sunday, just remember it's just an exhibition game. That's right. And then the women have theirs Tuesday night uh, at six o'clock uh, at the event center against Adam State. So um, you know, and you and I'll be covering those things, and then obviously the football game as well. And uh, we'll be back next week to preview another football game. Uh, we got Oregon coming in here next week. We'll talk a little more basketball as well. But, uh, you know, for now, I think that'll wrap it up, Pat, and I hope you have a safe trip back from the Bay Area. Thanks. Hopefully no more earthquakes uh, on my way out, uh, or if there is one, hopefully I feel it. And uh, uh, either way, though, folks, thanks for listening, and uh, we will chat at you again soon.